Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today, I'm excited to talk to Jordan Turner. Jordan is an international health and wellness coach and breathwork practitioner who works with CEOs, celebrities, professional athletes and corporations and he's also the partner of one of my patients, Catherine Drysdale. (laughs) Welcome Jordan. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I'm feeling good today, I'm looking forward to this. Wonderful. Well first one thing that I like to ask everybody, what are three things that make you smile? (laughs) What a great question, I love it. Um, Three things that make me smile. One, certainly family and when I say family Within that, I mean my wonderful partner. I mean, of course, my nieces, my nephews, my sisters. But I also mean like my clients, the broader community. Even even sometimes a stranger on the street become part of that family. Anyone who's part of that community for me is something that definitely puts a smile on my face. Number two, this is going to sound like a strange one, but something that makes me smile is the cold. Like, like, what? Living in London? Like, surely you're not fed up with the cold. How are you smiling with the cold? Now, for me, you know when you get caught up in the funk in your mind, like, oh, life's hard, I couldn't possibly smile, life's difficult, and da-da-da-da-da, whatever it is, being able to jump in the cold, whether that's an ice bath, a cold shower, whatever it is, it kind of, like, knocks me out of that funk, that voice in my head, and I feel the afflictions within me begin to, like, settle down, calm down, and my body feels more relaxed, and then a smile is born upon my lips, almost have no choice but after to have that big bold smile after the cold so cold is definitely a big one that's something that makes me smile and then number three i would say mm, what we got here martial arts oh, i love martial arts like different aspects of martial arts my original background's in boxing but i love jiu-jitsu i love muay thai i, I just love martial arts whether that's participating in it adding elements of it into my coaching whether that's watching a client or watching just in general martial arts I just it always makes me smile and there's always a um a message a lesson that I learned from my first ever boxing coach shout out to Tony Wright which he whatever used to happen when we we're training hard or when we was in the depths of discomfort he'd always say smile through it yeah. and I always remember that well, message that's good. <laughs> that there's always a I reason to smile that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to do when you're having dentistry done as well <laughs> Smile through it. <laughs> Smile through it. I love it. Um, no, it's good because obviously, like martial arts has the mental discipline as well as the physical. You mm. know, so that's a really good thing. I was thinking back to what you said about the cold because um, obviously they have those um, like sauna in like a plunge pool type thing, mm. or people go and jump in the ice afterwards. And I also watch this thing about people who, you know, do swimming in the sea on Christmas Day or in the Hampstead pond or something like this you know and i guess it just makes you feel alive mm-hmm. you know? but do, have you done cryotherapy as well or? do you know what i've actually i've done cry once i've tried it once mm-hmm. um and yeah it was brilliant you know. but for me I, I don't know i love cry fantastic fantastic but i just love more the water yeah the water the wild swimming the it's, it's if i was in like you're saying about you the sea it? so there's obviously in london there's a few options so you have got hampstead ponds yeah um but for me i actually use hampstead lido which is an outdoor swimming pool which right. is not quite as nice as as it's a, don't get me wrong it's a lovely spot but i mean for me i love it if it's in nature it's even of better course. if it's like a lake or even the sea but yeah. being in london that it's convenient it's not too far away it's great it's, it's lovely facility lovely community there so that's one spot where i do it or even just at home cold shower 
ice bath, few bucket, right. few few buckets of ice, <laughs> throw it in the bath. I just love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, I was watching that people in those Hampshire ponds that they do it all round, all year round, even the summer and the winter. Yeah, and that that kind of helps you go into it a lot more because. As it starts to get colder, you just slow. You're getting used to it, and it gets colder and colder and colder. All of a sudden, you find that you're like a couple degrees or at zero or even minus, and you're all right because you're you're, you're acclimatized. You'd you'll be surprised how well, capable we are. Yeah, how capable we are to adjust to the cold. Yeah, and I think as you said, it kind of like brings you to your senses type thing, you know, and, and it makes you just feel everything fully. Mm. And you have kind of two choices: you're either deep within yourself. Or you're freezing cold. So it forces <laughs> you deep into that space within you where you forget, you can't think of any of your worries, any of your concerns. You just feel very centered, very much realigned, and you feel energized. And, and in the moment, present. It presence, exactly that. And then you, the great thing about it as well is you've also done that thing that's uncomfortable. Yeah. You've got, you've learned, you're, you're teaching your body to deal with a stressful situation. And if yeah. you can learn to relax in yeah. that stress, that and that's translates. That's good for you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. To stress your body. That's exactly. What and now. learning to relax in the stress. And then, for example, if someone's a patient of yours and then they're a bit stressed <laughs> about it, they're able to be more relaxed into that stressful state. I'm sure you, you, you relax them anyway. I'm <laughs> we just are, you up. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> We try, we try. <laughs> Let's start with your kind of approach to health and fitness um, coaching. Um, you describe it as true health what do you mean by that for me true health is about encompassing all areas of health it's not just physical it's mental it's emotional there's that inner connective spiritual aspect to health also so true health to me is about being truly healthy not just looking good which is part of it but feeling better mm -hmm. like, which yes we can have the the ability to shape and mold our 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 body to however we wish and and look however we want but it's also about how do we feel is most important mm. and do uh, you think do you think you have struggled with you know that mental health at certain times you know when you go through difficult times or do you think you're pretty level-headed no for me one of the one of the main reasons why i do what i do and encompass these things together was because fitness for me originally was was an outlet it was a way of me channeling certain emotions and certain things and i was always looking for different things that could support me with that whether that was meditation whether that was breath work whether that was the cold like i was talking about and so for me it's about i do it from first-hand experience where i know this thing can support this can help me with not just my physical body not only was i getting better at my sport not only was i getting in shape i was also feeling better i was also able to deal with the other challenges that i was facing in my life so that's why i like bringing it all together and to me true health is actually more than just physical training it's also about having healthy relationships with the people mm. around us whether that's healthy relationships with our friends our family whether that's healthy relationships even with finances with our business mm. whatever it is it's about bringing all those elements in one mm. and realizing that actually there is no separation there's no separation between the way that we move and the way that we think the mm. way that we think and the way that we're feeling the way that we're feeling the way that we're acting there's no separation between the two so how could i separate it so that's why I bring it together in that more true health, which I call true health aspect, which is a holistic approach to health. Yeah, which I think that's brilliant. Um, I I um, do, you know, a big advocate for um, gym training and I um, do it in the morning because I have my clinic. So it's better for me to do it in the morning before clinic. Otherwise, after I finish, you know, it's not going to happen. But then it just focuses you and makes you feel better and you kind of, you know, have a smile and you just feel great you know and more 
it, as I said, yeah, more focused and it's brilliant. Yeah, we wanted to talk about the breath work. So what is the importance of that and how how do you practice that and, and how does it help people and how does it help you? <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask several questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How long you got? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> for me, for anyone who's not sure of what breath work is, because some people might be like, oh, surely I already know how to breathe, right? And you'd be pretty correct because if you're listening to this it means you're alive so therefore you're doing something right you mm -hmm. and therefore you're doing breath work sometimes people think breath work means a certain thing no there's thousands and thousands of different ways to breathe and breath work is just any time we choose to take conscious control of that mechanism mm -hmm. we can go a little while without food we can go a little while without water but we cannot go long at all without the breath so the breath is actually the foundation of health right and we can shift the breath in certain ways to reduce stress to get rid of uh, anxiety to increase energy to calm our mind to breathe in a certain manner to increase um, our ability to perform better or lift more or whatever it is there's so many different ways for all kinds of different results people are looking to invoke for me breath work is something that is quite literally for everyone and i think through my practice through serving the breath i've quite literally shown that i've worked with such a array of people all different ages all different backgrounds and even people that were quite resistant like oh i don't need breath work that's a strange thing to do and realizing wow actually this isn't just some fad or something extra on my program this is quite literally the the depths of of what's needed and anytime we're doing it like you said you you train in the morning when you're exercising well exercise in itself is breath work what do i mean by that is if you start jogging or you start moving a little bit faster what happens your breathing rate increases mm -hmm. so we're always doing breath work but just the notion of facilitating it or serving it is about allowing that person to no longer be doing it unconsciously to do yeah. it consciously so they're now no longer the passenger in their life that they're in the driver's seat of their own experience and for me i just act a little bit like the sat nav they put yeah. the destination in i just give a few directions oh, and a few tools and that's all of this and get them to their destination exactly <laughs> that and, and that which they choose yeah yeah and that's the great thing the breath itself is the teacher yeah well it's interesting as well because um people say during the night you're kind of oxygen depleted you know because you're not necessarily breathing fully and then in the morning you know you need water because you're dehydrated but you also you need those breaths to kind of bring everything back around in your circulation so there's that um and then as you said again it's about if you concentrate on your breathing then it makes you more present and mindful again doesn't it you know so. in indeed and like you said about when you allow someone, first of all, number one is allowing someone's breathing mechanism to be re-equilibrialized. And when you do this, you are doing things like improving their sleep, breathing much better throughout the night, mm -hmm. therefore waking up with more energy, getting actually a deeper sleep, getting a, um, feeling much more refreshed in the morning. And then being able to start your day with that. For me, I look at it more like an internal shower. So you, you have a shower on the on the physical outside, but the breath is like the shower on the inside as well to clear us and set our intention for the day. And is it like in through the nose and out through the mouth? Is that the right way? Or Depends on what you're trying to invoke and what you're trying to do. In terms of day-to-day, -day, everyday breathing, it, the key is to bring ourselves to a point where we're nose breathing preferably. Mm. We're trying to nose breathe as much as we can in through the nose and out through the nose. The nose has a neurotransmitter within it that signals to the body that it's safe and secure. It filters the air. There's so many benefits of, of breathing through the nose. It also keeps us a lot calmer, a lot mm. more grounded. So 
mouth breathing as they say mouth is for eating nose is for, nose is for, for breathing it, so mouth breathing can be useful in certain acute situations situations but in terms of day to day if we can bring ourselves to be nose breathing and become more mindful of that it's better much that's better. interesting because it also is for dentistry that's something in dentistry because of for the gums and it kind of if you're constantly mouth breathing it can dry out your soft tissues and it can affect your gums in a negative way wow that's yeah, a great effect. Yeah, that was the one thing that we were, was always highlighted to us yeah tell us about the importance of meditating do you do meditation yourself and and do you do it with your clients life itself can be a meditation so any moment really any i i use a term which is the marketplace and what i mean by the marketplace is when we're doing our role in life so whether that's when we're at work or when we're out having to you know be at the shops or whatever it is if your meditation practice doesn't support you in your in the marketplace it's pointless in my eyes right mm-hmm. so it's about how can we bring the meditation to support us in every day-to-day aspects so for me it is very important for me personally and it is something i use with clients that are called to that not necessarily every single client but there's still meditative practices at least at least mindful practices to some degree so for me, I meditate upon waking. So mm-hmm. as soon as I wake up, I, I go from my bed straight into mm-hmm. sit down and I meditate for an hour first thing in the morning. But that started from a five minute practice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put anyone off. Like mm-hmm. that started literally just doing five minutes. And a lot of people feel that, oh, I can't meditate because when I sit down, like my mind's just too busy. So I'm unable to meditate. And I always smile and I'm like, just when you meditate mm-hmm. or when you meditate, are you noticing how busy the mind is? Mm-hmm. And that's really the key just to be able to become that mindful of the noise within our head and to create that little bit of space mm. between us and the situation so we can become a little bit more conscious a little bit more aware and do you do like a guided meditation or do you just do it with your own um self so there's for me personally i i just do the my meditation that i do for myself is i do many techniques but the main technique i use is no technique mm-hmm. <laughs> right is actually the, the whole point of the technique is to get rid of all techniques and um, so you let go of all your attachments to all things like for me i love to move or i can end up getting caught in a breathwork practice or different yeah. things yeah. but i also want to notice that there's not a separation between the mind and the breath so for example when you're meditating your the breathing rhythm will change and adjust for whatever's going on within the mind so i do do guided meditations for people it depends where we're at in our journey and what we're what we're looking to get from it are we looking to just get a small practice and begin and have an experience of meditation then maybe it can be a bit too confronting to give someone no guidance around it so giving them some guidance and some structure around the meditation can be very useful for other people they might initially be quite resistant to it. Mm. So we do more subtle, gentler, meditative practices. Like even some, even when you're working out can be a meditation. As long as you're mindful, you're noticing, you're being more present. It's a meditation. It's an active movement meditation. People, It doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged going, mm. it can be anything. anything. That, that's useful too, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Well, um, you know, I, I have talked about before how I think we're very overstimulated and with our phones, you know, your your eyes working and your brains are working and it's constantly taking toll on everything all at once plus you know if you're then watching netflix and stuff like that it's like we're always stimulated computer phone in a way that maybe we shouldn't be and maybe we weren't before naturally you know um, if we used to read a book we would be imagining using imagination or you know people people maybe did sit quietly more 
previously, but now they always kind of reach for the phone. So mm. I think that kind of mean makes it needed even more because, you know, it makes the mind even busier with mm. all the things we're concentrating on. I think the the key is to reclaim our attention. If we can be in charge of our attention, now we can consciously place it somewhere. So when we need to use the phone, we can consciously place it on the phone and that's no problem. It's a useful tool and it's mm. a tool nonetheless. But what happened when it gets our attention, so the phone has more control over us than we have over it, now we start to lose this ability to put our focus elsewhere. And as you say, we get caught up and overstimulated and then there's just there's so much noise happening within the within the mind. So one little tip for some people is sometimes they're like, yeah, but I am always, have to be on my phone because of X, Y, Z or work, is just to allow moments to have more soft, open, wide focus. So obviously the phone makes you very narrowed focus in on something and caught up in that particular thought loops mm. or cycle loops, whatever that is. So just to be able to take that break and have a bit more open focus around just being noticing what's in the room, what's happening and just have that awareness and then and then choosing to put your focus somewhere for a moment. So you're almost training that focus and awareness can be very useful for people. Yeah, it's like you said, um, you know, we phones are very important, they're very powerful, but you've got to be in control of it, not the other way around. And someone said to me as well, you know, people used to look up, now they look down, mm. you know, and they're always looking down. And it's like, uh, that's why it is really important, as you said, also to be in nature and kind of appreciate the things around us, you know, um, so... Yeah, it's kind of get the balance, isn't it? It's the the game is the is balance, right? Is restoring yeah. <laughs> balance after the say like people often go, what's your what's your mission and what's your real thing you want to do? And it's like for me, it's about trying to be a balance keeper, restore that balance, and not looking at things from a perspective of what we should or shouldn't be doing, what's right and wrong, mm. but just what's best for the individual, what's best for us as a as a all as a whole, and. As you say, is like with the phone, if you're looking down at the phone, that can also sometimes affect posture. And we don't mm. even notice how mm. quickly our shoulders then become rounded, our head drops down. And as that starts to happen, we even then we start to go, oh, why am I not feeling as confident? Why is my mood dropped? And it's because yeah. it's linked to start you're open up the shoulders, hunched, yeah. air hunched down. So Got it it's going. being mindful of it and then being able to give. If we can give ourselves some structure around it, it can sometimes be useful too to just be like, okay, I'm not going to look at my phone for the first hour upon waking. Hmm. Little things like that can be so, so impactful and powerful and that actually has a knock-on effect throughout the day. You spoke about working out in the morning. For me, I'm a big advocate of like morning practice, even if it's a five-minute practice, a 10-minute practice, but how you start that day can set the intention going forward as well. Yeah, one thing I do um, with the phone is I'll put it on the charger and I'll put it face down or I've got one of those chargers that you stand it in and I'll put it there for a bit. Um, and you, on that one, you can charge the phone and the app, the watch as well. And you can just put them there and leave them for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's a really good for me, like the physical doing of that is a good thing. I'm not necessarily someone who, if it's there, I'm going to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for me to have that physical. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, as you said, everyone's different and it's finding what's right for you, really, and what how you can what works best for you um as we said some people need their phones more so they do have to do it but bringing that kind of attention out is important hmm. so going back to the cold it, there's like also ice baths <laughs> <laughs> um what are they 
why would you do that? <laughs> what are the benefits? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> if you're mad. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, isn't it good to be a little bit mad sometimes, a little bit crazy? Well, ice bars can be anything. Sometimes it can be, for some people, they might not have access. Just a couple of bags of ice from the shop, throw that in the bath. Nice cold water can be that. Sometimes people have um, great setups for ice baths or able to go visit and cold plunges and things like that. For me, I love an ice bath. It's, it's, we, we were talking about meditation earlier. You, you can't get a better meditation than you can get being in an ice bath. You have two options, be freezing cold or just be completely in the present, deeply at peace. And the funny thing is, the most uncomfortable part about the ice bath is the first bit. Mm. Once you go past that, like a beginner shouldn't, don't need to do it for more than like, well, first of all, as long as they can get in for the first time. It doesn't really matter. I always suggest try and get in, have an exhale, relax the body no need to stay in for no more than a minute and a half two minutes the first time if you can do that long if you don't no problem there's no judgment you just build up to it slowly but what you notice is it's actually after about the first minute or so full relaxation happens mm. and you're like wow i'm witnessing i'm cold i am freezing but i feel really good and i can stay here and ice baths are just a fantastic tool for teaching us to deal with stress like you, you're putting your body in a stressful environment and you're learning to completely relax into that stress. Mm. And the thing about ice baths that, that I love so much is it also completely gets me out of that monkey mind. Mm. No, 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 like the, you have no choice of this, this, this little monkey mind, the little voices that is telling you this or seeking comfort or getting caught up in certain patterns. So, you know, we get locked in certain patterns. We're talking about the phone, how we get locked in maybe with the phone. An ice bath like teaches you to completely reset that. Mm. You just learn to completely reset those patterns. Um, it breaks the patterns so you can refresh and you feel whew, full charge of your system. And you'd be surprised. Some people are like, oh, I can't. I've seen all ages do it. I've seen all kinds of different people be able to do it. We have this ancestral power deep within our DNA to be able to deal with the cold and handle the cold. So you'd be surprised what you can do. And then all of a sudden your relationship with the cold changes. I was someone that... I would say, I would even go to the point where I say I would hate the cold. I would use this word and the, I, I would be like, oh, just what I would want is the warmth and the sun. And I would, I even remember one time when I was a child, I remember being a goalie in football and I was so cold that I even ended up crying. Mm. And now I'm somebody who does ice baths every day. <laughs> <laughs> so really anyone can do it. And now when it's winter, it changes my relationship with the seasons. I no longer dread winter. I look forward to it because it means I can do some ice, swim, ice swims or cold swims. Or it means that even going outside in a small jacket or even even often a T-shirt and I'm okay. Like, wow. So it has many health benefits. Anybody can even just Google and see how many incredible health benefits it has. But for me personally, I do it more for the internal, emotional and mental benefits. Yeah, I think the first time I came across something like that was um, in skiing and they had like... Um, in these places they have the like a finished sauna dry sauna and then they have a plunge pool mm. and i had no idea what it was and you know people were going through this and doing it warming themselves up and cooling themselves down and then you know i got into trying it and i thought yeah this is quite a good thing to do <laughs> somehow and then um now i would say more like a cold shower than anything um but i'm i also I don't really like the cold, but I do get how it can make you really present and it can just kind of make you feel alive almost, you mm. know. And 
it also one of the great things that coal does it massively increases our dopamine in our body mm. right so we do we get this massive huge rush of dopamine which is like our reward center in the brain that's wanting to go do things and tackle things and as you said you can just start from cold shower 10 seconds 15 seconds at the end of your normal shower or at the beginning is, is a great start and often we think i don't like the cold or and they'll think it's about going beyond what we like and dislike in all areas not just with cold you know sometimes we go oh i like this or i don't like this but it's actually what's best for us mm-hmm. and as you notice like you said you don't like the cold but you did it why do you do it because you recognized it was best for you so you're like oh this is something i get benefits from so sometimes we go oh i'm not going to do that because i don't like cold how about could it potentially benefit you ask yourself this question and if it could maybe just give it a go maybe just commit yourself to stick to it for seven days or a week nothing too crazy start small and then from that you might be pleasantly surprised you start to go oh you actually might start to like it more or you might go i still don't like the cold but i love how i feel after yeah and now it's worth it just like exercise i'm sure you don't always like getting up in the morning to exercise right i know i certainly don't and i'm a trainer (laughs) sometimes i don't like to do it but I love what I get from it. So then therefore it's the love that inspires me to do it more so than my preferences of like and dislike. Well, it's interesting that how people want to push themselves. You know, it's something innate maybe in humans like, you know, this tough mudder become very Mm. popular and then CrossFit training. And it's almost like something, as you said, somewhere spin classes and people know somewhere that doing something to, to push yourself is a good thing you mm. know, we can't quite understand why but we know how it makes us feel and then you you notice that you know that, that more and more people are doing it you know i think a lot of it's about seeing what we're capable of as a human being remind ourselves that we're capable of more because mm. for me that's what i love so much is that ability to be able to to be able to push yourself not from a place of force in myself but just from a place of what am i what is possible mm. what is possible and learning to find this place of what I like is finding this sweet spot between like effortless effort. So what I mean by that is doing the most, something quite extreme, whether that's an ultra marathon, which I've loved to do in the past and this type of thing. Um, but at the same point, finding that space within me where I can almost, yes, there's effort and it's challenging, but where I can be almost completely relaxed and centered at the same time. So learning to be able to do way more in a way that's enjoyable. And so, so sometimes I think why do we like to push ourselves we're we're searching for something searching for what sometimes that that feeling that you get from being able to go wow I'm not just the limitations that I put on myself I can do more I can do way more than I ever thought I could and I am more than just my thoughts I am more than my limitations there is something within me that I can connect to and we start to build that relationship with it I often talk about it building a relationship with your heart Mm. that's kind of what it is it's like building a relationship with what inspires you which which is like being in spirit within yourself fully. And when you're in your heart, you're like, wow, the heart can do way more than the mind can do. The mind's quitting before we even start. The mind's going, I can't even bother to even begin. And then the body will eventually break down at some point, but then that heart can go beyond that. It can go beyond the breaking of the mind and the body. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of people do that. And it's a reason why I certainly do it indeed, just to get that connection with my heart to go, wow, Mm. that's what's possible. And the mental resilience mm. of it. And you build up, yeah, as you say, you build up that, that mental resilience. You become much more mentally mentally tough where you're able to say yes to things, no to things. You're able to go and be more disciplined. And when I say disciplined, people are often scared of that word, like it's this really hard military-style word. But discipline to me just means to be a disciple. 
-hmm. to be a disciple of what? Whatever you choose to be. Some people are disciple of moaning. They just they're, they're disciplined <laughs> at moaning. Some people are disciple to that art. Some people are disciple to their to their to their work form or whatever that is mm -hmm. and it's about being for me it's about being a disciple of what i love mm -hmm. right? and being a disciple of love so therefore doing everything with that passion with that inspiration behind it mm -hmm. and therefore discipline becomes something that's actually enjoyable rather than something that i dread yeah yeah well it's interesting um two things from that is one for me dentistry when i'm doing it because you have to be in the moment mm -hmm. it takes such um concentration and it's very fine, so a detail, you know, and, and so it really brings you into the moment because, yeah, as I said, you know, everything, it takes very precise and it, everything has to be as perfect as possible. So that that's one thing with my job. And I think that's a good thing as well with the job. It kind of, you know, it brings you into it and it kind of also gives you structure and, and, and those things. And, and then you kind of like, the more you can take pride in your work the better you feel about it you know mm. so that that's one thing that i find and then when it comes to sports with them me and my family we like to ski go skiing and we ski and it's interesting how um the more you relax and the more you can kind of believe you can do it the more you can do it and the but the stiffer you are and the more worried you are the more likely you are to fall but when you're comfortable and relaxed you can absorb the bumps and turns and things like that so you find the best skiing is when you're the most relaxed mm. you know so um, and you're going you're going almost beyond beyond the thoughts so therefore you're in the flow state like what is the flow when you're absent of thoughts when mm. you're present and like what you're saying about your work i love what you're saying it's like Whereas you're in a state of service where you're the other person, you're there mm. for the other person. Mm. So you're not thinking about you as your character. You're not rich for a moment, even though you were at the beginning. But when you're doing your job, you're like, you, you can't think about who you are. Absolutely. Because you're, you're in service of them. You you're care. There's a tension. It's really important. It, and, and because of that, how great does that feel? That's mm. why there's love and there's passion for it. And you're successful as you are for doing what you do. Because that particular attitude in itself. And I think that's something that's important to remember, actually. Sometimes we think... Sometimes people can be like doing things for others is effort or it's hard work. Actually, it's a blessing. It's a pleasure. And it brings out the best of us in humans. Not only do we get to give something to someone else. So, for example, you get to give someone a great smile. Right? You also get to receive a great smile by doing that, which is fantastic. So in, in giving, we're receiving and in receiving, we're giving, which is fantastic. Like balance that happens when we're able to bring ourselves into these states for whatever we do, as you showed for your profession or through anyone can do it through their own profession, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said in that is um, kind of putting someone else's needs first and also um, being able to obviously help them feel better about themselves, which I do for dentistry and you do through obviously fitness and, and uh, the breath work and other things like that. And, and that's such a reward, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I think that's amazing part of both of our jobs you know mm -hmm. and many other people's many other people's job as well indeed and people sometimes get then a little bit frustrated and like, but then what about my needs what about me and this is okay because taking care of ourselves to be the best version of ourselves helps us serve in a bigger capacity so there's still it's okay to still have time for us to be the best version of us because if you wasn't a great dentist you wouldn't be able to serve you wouldn't be able to serve your client as well for example if i wasn't 
developing and learning new skills and, and, and advancing and testing new things, I wouldn't be able to serve my clients as good. So it is still important for each person to develop as, as the individual, but then bring that development into the service of others together in itself creates that more magic, that beauty within all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And that's also why people probably feel great about doing charity work and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, healthcare, you know, you know, mm-hmm. those those things just make people feel great because they're doing something so constructive how did you get into personal training and coaching and um why do you think that physical and fitness is important for mental health we kind of covered a little bit but mm. how did you really get started on it and why mm. so my i've always been someone who's into sport i love i've always loved sport and like we're talking about i've always enjoyed challenging myself to some degree what could i do whatever that kind of challenge was and I remember the breath work started once when I read this book and I learned about this free diving technique. I did this breath work and it just felt amazing. I was like, wow. And then I put it in the, in the locker. I never, I didn't think about it too much. Anyway, I continue. And then I was, boxing was like my main sport that I was putting all my attention, all my focus in. And for me, that was teaching me a lot of, a lot of skills about discipline, being able to challenge myself, all, all this type of stuff. And I always wanted to, be able to bring health to other people, to be able to serve health. And I didn't necessarily know exactly how, but I knew it was not just being a personal trainer, but I knew that was definitely going to need to be part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't and at the time I didn't really know any other way around it. So I just thought, okay, I'll just I'll start off with doing being a personal trainer. So did the course I originally was a fitness instructor and did it through like an apprenticeship way and then um at eighteen I started my own business as a personal trainer and I was training people. But I was realizing that it wasn't just about how much I had knowledge about fitness. It was about some people would get good results and some people wouldn't. And it wasn't necessarily because one was more capable than the other. It was often about what was happening mentally, what was happening internally, emotionally with the individual. So I was like, I need to learn more about this. How can I support people better? Right. And then I was also noticing the flip side, people not only were getting in great shape, that things were going better in their life. So they might be getting new jobs or they were healing their relationships with their partner or whatever it was. All these different things were happening as a result of them just coming to the gym and doing these workouts. So I was like, I need to understand this more and I want to offer more tools for people. So then I went on a journey of personal discovery through myself um, and also then discovering for what can I bring back for for clients. So I, all different areas, you name it. So whether that was different breath work, whether that was going to different workshops, learning about behavioral change, whether that was from a scientific aspect, whether that was from a very spiritual aspect, whether whatever it was, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter for me. It was just what could I, what could I learn, and what was useful in everyday life, and what can I bring in for my clients. Then I started doing more transformations. So I was doing mind and body transformations. So I was doing it with clients, and I was also doing it with corporate companies. And we were getting these incredible results. So people were getting in shape, but they were feeling more confident. They were feeling more energized. They were feeling more focused. They were saying that they were earning more money or their business was going better. And everything was sort of going hand in hand. Then I started adding breathwork techniques into the training and doing different bits and bobs. And then I, then I started studying breathwork way more and learning about that um, thanks to one of the mentors I had at the time. And then through that, I then started doing it slightly separately. Sometimes I would teach just breath work. Sometimes I would teach just fitness. And then I started just putting it all together and separating. I don't mind. It's whatever's needed for the individual. And then it led me to work with people all over the world, all different backgrounds, all different kind of characters, which is which is fantastic. Um, but for, for me, in terms of it was about 
overcoming my own internal challenges at the same time because I'm someone who uh, it's a saying that we use a lot it's about practicing what we preach I'm not here to preach anything but I also want to make sure I'm practicing anything that I'm serving so it's like I want to be the best version of myself how can I overcome my limitations my challenges what things worked for me and what truly did work and what can I truly embody so I have like a bit a rule of myself where I try to fully embody whether it's a practice or a state of being before I serve it in any way so it feels completely authentic and if it's not I'm completely honest about, oh, this might be something I'm still challenged with, but this is useful, whatever it is. I like to be from that space. So, yeah, it's just, it was, it's been a massive thing for me in terms of I feel much more calmer, much more relaxed, much more at peace, much more, much more capable to deal with the challenges. Because let's be honest, life can be stressful no matter what you're doing. But now I feel much more equipped to deal with distress. Mm. And that's what I feel with my clients as well. It's like I can't, I'm not there to take away the stresses in their life. But I'm there to support them to be equipped with the tools to manage these stresses better, to manage the challenges better. And then when we have that approach and the outlet, we start to realize within challenge, there's opportunity. Within, if we don't go towards the stress, the stress comes towards us. So we start to go, wow, now we're, we're in charge. We're the pilot of our own life. We're the CEO of our own system. Mm-hmm. We, we, we start to realize that we're actually... We're the CEO and we're also like the plumber, the electrician of our own bodies, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it gives us this much more And you feel a lot better when you think, when you feel in control of things. Mm-hmm. In, indeed. And it's like, what is being truly in control? Well, we can't control the outside world, but what can we control? The way that we think and the way that we feel and the way that we respond to situations. So that's what true being in control means, is to be able to control what we can truly control truly truly control and not try and control things that are uncontrollable because many things are outside of our control so learning to be in a state of surrender to that which we can't and then to be able to be completely active and into the things that we can change yeah and it's um like you said about um the discipline with um for me getting up in the morning and training and just that you know people say to show up and be there you know make it happen and do your best and you know that's the really thing is putting in sometimes you don't feel like it but when you do it you always feel better Mm. there's not a time where you think i wish i hadn't done that (laughs) you know what i mean indeed and and often some people get stuck between those two stages where they're just not quite they know that they want to be doing something but they just can't seem to find like the motivation to do so and what i often say then is like motivation like showering you need it daily Mm-hmm. right but it's about how can i support that person to be inspired to do it so what do i mean by being inspired well now it's coming from internally it's coming from within so we're looking at the reasons why they might not they might not do something and often it comes down to two things they either don't value themselves enough to do it or they don't value it enough mm. so they don't value the thing that they're doing enough they don't think it could be useful or don't think it could support them for example meditation like oh meditation just meditation. man don't need to do that it's not going to help me or sometimes they're like i know meditation would really really help me but really then why is someone not doing it? Because they're not valuing themselves enough. They could go, oh, no, it's because I don't have time. It goes back to that value thing. It doesn't matter. So um, how do you build your personal brand? And what do you think your personal brand represents? For me, like I said, I for building the brand is the brand is like through the heart. Like, can I listen to the heart? Can I my, even even my original logo when I used to do the I used to have a company called Head Turner's Training. For now, I just go under the banner of just John Jack Turner myself and keep it from that. But I used to have Head Turner's Training, and the logo for that was two heads looking at each other, which made a heart, hmm. right? And really, it was about dropping out of our heads 
and into the heart, mm-hmm. right? And for me, the brand is about leading from the heart, leading, being as truthful and authentic as, as I can be. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the purpose of even building it in any way is just to be able to serve on a greater scale. Mm-hmm. So I build this the brand in a way to be able to create win-win scenarios, mm-hmm. just to be able to serve bigger. That's kind of how I look at it. And what does the, what does the brand represent is, that's why I use that, that term, true health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. true health mm-hmm. because health is the most valuable currency we have so to be able to serve that is a true honor and i like to get that across with everything that i'm doing and for me it's about passion inspiration the overcoming of challenges this is what i try and represent as much as possible um but for me it's yeah it's keeping it keeping it as authentic as possible well it's interesting um with what we do um with the smile i'm always trying to think about not just to fix the teeth and make people smile, but also help people to feel better about themselves and make them smile. So it's like smile in the holistic way is important to us, you know. So, um, And a lot of people, they might not feel confident about their smile, but once we've done it, then they're able to smile. And then just by doing it, makes them feel better so Mm -hmm. it's kind of um something that has a positive knock-on effect you know and so yeah that that's one thing that we think about in that way Mm. and it's interesting because this is where there's a great synergy between us in a sense of like oh the two completely different fields well no because it's like you're supporting someone to have that smile on the outside which is fantastic, which then leads to a smile on the inside. Mm. And my thing's about and you smiling about from smiling the inside out. out. Yeah. So it's like outside <laughs> in, inside out, and it goes together. And this is it. This is part of it. This is very much part of it. And it's a big thing because if we, if someone's conscious about their teeth and they're not allowing themselves to smile as a result of that, well, the body is then not producing the, the, the oxytocin, the different chemistry changes that will happen from a smile itself. Because even when we don't feel like smiling, smiling itself will change the chemistry within our body. So being able to have the confidence to get a big old grin on your lips is <laughs> really important. So it's, it's, it, it is, does serve. And like this is what people to realise as well. Like This is all part of when people think of oh, spiritual health, that sounds some woo-woo stuff. Well, dental health is still spiritual health. Why? Yeah. Because it changes the way you feel. It literally does. And it's part of, as mm-hmm. we, you know, people talk more about wellness and well-being and all of these things that we do in terms of um, fitness and mind, it kind of helps you to deal with what's going on in life. Like, you know, life, as you said, can be difficult and it may have ups and downs or bumps in the road or turn in the river but you kind of learn to ride that and mm. it's about not um taking such an upset on each bend or bum but learning to you know absorb it and carry on you know so those those things i think are really important and that's something that you learn over time i think mm. And like you said, well, you learn it through skiing, as you said. Oh, yeah. Relax, you flow with it, you're going through the river. <laughs> you fall over. All those principles, because some people go, oh, it's just skiing. No, the principles you're learning to ski is something you can bring into life. The principle, you do, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. It really is. It, it really is. People might go, oh, that, how does that translate? It really does, because if you're learning that skill to relax or to let go or whatever it is. For example, recently I was learning the skill of juggling. And people go, oh, it's just juggling. Who cares if you can juggle or not? It doesn't really matter, but you know what it taught me? It taught me to focus my mind much better because you have to be really focused. You have to keep your attention, your concentration. And it also allowed me to actually 
juggle the things in my life better, like my appointments or my organization, right? Which yeah. is something that was a challenge I have with organization, that type of thing. So that one little skill helped me. And what else did it do? It helped me get away from my phone as much because I'm like, I was doing oh, this cool. other little. So there had so many knock-on effects. So sometimes the way we do one thing can support us with the flow of and the ebb and changes of life, as you said. It's just like a, it's just like a stream, and you can and a busy mind is like a chaotic, chaotic water that becomes very dangerous, full of many obstacles. And a calm mind, a meditative mind, is one that's clear, one that flows freely and, and easily moves through it's not a resistance of anything or trying to block anything out it's allowing that more flow to happen in our life yeah well i remember um when i've done like the core exercises and like a plank and i remember being to someone saying just relax into it you know and and just let yourself be at ease and that can help to just calm mm. things and let you take a moment to to just you know breathe and mm. just take a moment of stillness you know so yeah that that's the way that kind of exercise and the mental kind of interacts with one another mm, indeed wonderful so thank you so much for joining us jordan it's been amazing <laughs> and i'm really glad to hear about um how your outlook on life how you love the cold <laughs> and ice baths and many other crazy things <laughs> but um it seems like it's really helped you uh, obviously in your journey and obviously helped so many other people as well so thank you so much. You can follow Jordan on at Jordan Jack Turner and links to him are in the show notes. Thank you for listening. If you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. underscore Richard underscore, lots of underscores there, or visit my website www.drrichardlondon.com. Uh, this is a Pod People production. It was recorded at Spiritland Studios and the music is by Delhi Music. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>